Today we're talking about how to stretch if you're injured and there's a huge mistake that people are making, which is that people treat stretching as this cure-all magic bullet, uh, bullet for if you're injured. Um, it's a really big mistake and today we're gonna go quite deep on why that is. Stick around. What's up everyone? Uh, my name is Yanni Bullmeister. To my left is Phil White. Across the table is Rad, my brother. Behind the mixer is Richie. We are Unity Gym and the UMS. And the Sound of Movement podcast. We should start saying. How is everyone? Pretty Great. good. Great. Pretty good. There are a few greater joys in life than getting a really good spike in beach volleyball. There's just something about it that just brings <laughs> so much joy to me. And like, usually I have just very frustrating sessions where it's like, you get really close, but you never quite get a satisfying one. But I got like three today, so I am buzzing. <laughs> you know, it seems ridiculous, but it's, it's like, just what, it's like uh, winning the lotto three times in one day. Yeah, I'm a real team sports person, and I've just, after, I think especially after watching that Michael um, Jordan documentary, uh, if you haven't watched <laughs> The Last Dance, do it. And I think I relate a bit to him with just how pathologically like competitive I am when it comes to team sports. So yeah, <laughs> I'm all psyched up to this morning and I'm, ready I'm, to go. <laughs> I'm the same. So I think it just runs in, in team sport. Before we get started on today's topic, Tribe, let us know who's on the live stream. I can see we've got a few people yeah. tuning there in in the UMS Greg and Dave. Movement hey guys, Mastermind. Uh, remember everyone who's listening on the podcast, we love you long time, but we also love to see who you are. So come over to the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. Join the group and uh, get amongst the action. Uh, big love sent to everyone or watching the Or send us a replay. voice message, which you can do at the bottom of the description. That we, All the descriptions come out. There's always a little uh, link to click where you can really easily ask us a question or send us some love yeah. via voice message, which would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, there you go. We've had one, haven't we? We've had one. Had one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was going to say much love to everyone watching the replay on YouTube. Uh, if you are watching the replay on YouTube, we have a lot coming on YouTube. I know we slowed down a little bit there, but it is coming. Uh, we're going to be producing some wicked new workouts and all sorts of cool stuff. Anyway, uh, today's topic is, um, is pretty important because, I mean, I for one fell victim to feeling like or thinking uh, that uh, stretching was a bit of a band-aid solution for discomfort and pain when, when, you know, when in, in your body. And it was quite a revelation for me to um, learn, uh, you know, that when like most, most strains um, uh, or most, most discomfort um, after exercise is or a lot of them i will say is uh is some form or level of muscle tear it can be very mi micro or very small or more serious and um the logic is just so obvious when you think about it you know one someone once said to me it, it actually wasn't phil it was another physio said think about it logically if you had a cut to the surface of your skin would you want to stretch the skin apart you know, and uh, and that just made a lot of sense to me. It was kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it kind of comes from a place where um, it's something that I so commonly see as a physio that uh, people come in to see me. And whenever I see someone, I always ask them once we've kind of gone through a bit of an assessment for um, them to tell me what they think is actually going on in their body and also what they think will help it. Because I think it's so in important when you're looking at um, rehabbing people, you've got to deal with their thoughts and beliefs to really get people on board. Because if you know, if they believe that one, you know, the I don't know, acupuncture is going to be the only thing that solves them, and you know, I'm trying to give them exercise, and there's a real mismatch there. And it's just so common that people are like, oh, you know, I know I should be stretching, and I know there's probably just some stretches that I need for this. When they've got a issue that's really about muscular control or muscular capacity, or you know, 
joint quality of movement. And so I think it's just been kind of one of those things in the zeitgeist where uh, stretches, stretching has just kind of got this real, like, I don't know, uh, just otherworldly characteristic to it that somehow fixes everything and, and people have a lot of guilt around not doing it enough. Um, and I'm not at all saying that like stretching's bad. I think it's such a great way to, um, as obviously you know we talk about it so much, as a, a great way to build mobility. Um, but it as a the cure all for injuries, I think, is just a bit misplaced. I think it's really bad. I think it comes from that that stretching can uh, like stretching and foam rolling and things like that. That it can give you an immediate relief mm. of pain. If it's not like a like we're not talking about muscle tears here, but if you've got like pain and discomfort in your back, a lot of people have gone through that experience where they get shown a couple of stretches and they do them in five minutes later, like, oh my God, my back feels so much better. And I think over a lifetime of that, like, you know, you can have some leg pain and you do some hamstring stretches and some quad stretches, like even just the old school stuff of just holding the stretch for 30 seconds. And then all of a sudden you feel a bit better. And then people get injured and they think, oh, well, I'm just going to apply that same principle to this. I mean, that's just my two cents, yeah, but I reckon I that's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, and it is really, it is a very misguided uh, way of thinking because, yeah, what Yanni said is, uh, yeah, I remember when, when we got told that, well, it was about seven years ago here by Joe. And I Joe was, Lim, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was the same. I was like, Jesus, I never thought of it that way before. Um, but it makes so much sense. And yeah, you know, most injuries, the more and more I spend time with you, Phil, and the more and more, you, you know, the deeper I go down, it, it, injuries are usually... They seem to come from a lack of uh, load tolerance, like the body can't, you, you know, couldn't um, handle that load. And that's very rarely to do with flexibility, isn't it? It's usually to do with the lack of strength. Yeah, I think, um, and I'm going to go a little bit out into the reeds here, but I, well, another big revel revelation I had around stretching is mm. that stretching doesn't actually, it's not the most effective way to produce mobility. Like, mm. you, 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 I mean, okay, okay, I'll take that back. Re re rewind that statement. Like, when you think of stretching, and most people think of stretching, and I, I spent, you got to understand, I spent 10 years working in a big gym, Fitness First, where, you know, they had the, the free weights room on the third floor. On the first floor, when you walked in, they had the cardio theater and all the change rooms. On the lower floor, they had a, uh, a yoga studio where they also did Pilates. They had a bigger studio where they did all their pump classes and their active classes and their boxing class and boxer size classes. And then they had a spin class. And then around sort of the, the, the corner, tucked in the corner, they had this stretch cage and uh, a stretch diagram on the wall and like a ballet bar that, that was literally like their, their, their sort of stretching or cool down area, you know. And you would only ever see people there doing passive stretching. That was literally it. They had a diagram on the wall showing you how to passively stretch, you know, lots of muscles, maybe 40 muscles in, in your body. And, um, and there was this notion that that's what that's what flexibility training was it's just you sit there for a few seconds and do these stretches or you go and do yoga you know and and it was a real re revolution um revolutionary moment for me to realize that and, and learn that that was not the best way to get flexible to increase mobility so you know and and it was actually charles poliquin that pointed that out to me he said and, and then I went and, and did another um, course uh, uh, on Olympic lifting. I did a certification to become an Olympic lifting coach. And yeah, the, 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 both of those guys said, if you want to get, um, you know, better, 
mobility, you're actually better off work, like um, um, working up to doing uh, full range or deeper range of movement, movement under mm -hmm. load, you know, and, and it's the load and the strength, building strength in those movements that actually builds mobility, you know. Uh, I, would, I would go further to say it's a combination of both, but, the, you know, the, the, there's just no notion of the concept of building strength to get flexible, yeah. you know, and we spoke about this a little bit yesterday, uh, but it was a real, real breakthrough. You know, stretching is not the, the, the band-aid solution for getting even, it, it, it's certainly not the band-aid solution for injury. And that's what we're going to steer this conversation on, but it's not the band-aid solution for much, you mm. know, it, it, it's just a tool. Yeah. hundred percent. And all tools use me need to be used right. Otherwise it's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. And we should really like, before we go deeper in this, we should, we should clarify um, I mean, anybody that's in this ecosystem has, most of the people come into our ecosystem because of flexibility. That's, that's where most people come to us from. We, 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 we have seemed to have found our niche that we're the flexibility people, the people that teach flexibility and strength. And so most people come to us because they get the flexibility blueprint or they watch one of our YouTube videos about flexibility. So we are not discrediting flexibility training, mobility training, all of that. We love it. It's huge. But this talk is just about the the role of flexibility training in the process of rehabilitating an injury. And just to clarify and sum up what we've just said, it's not what you think. And Phil's going to go a bit deeper into it now. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, good caveat. Uh, so yeah, the, the thing with like, that I think as you talked about before, developed that idea that, you know, stretching is the right thing to do because it sort of makes you feel better is because people generally, when they have like a, a you know, a bit of an injury, it's this feeling of, of tightness. And I find a lot of people have even started replacing, my, like patients that I work with have started re replacing the word pain with tightness because they kind of don't want to like, I don't know. Admit they're in pain. <laughs> Admit they're in pain. I'm not weak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, oh yeah, it feels a bit tight when I do that. And so I'm really trying to get like drill down and be like, does that mean it hurts? Or does that mean like you're struggling to get into that movement? I think it's like people's sort of words have started to change how they yeah. actually think about things. Yeah. So catch yourself if you are doing that. Um, and yeah, I just want to get back to that idea of that muscles get tight and like spasm if they get overloaded. So I've talked a lot about that bucket and, and water analogy that if you have the every structure, and in this case, we'll talk about muscles as having a capacity, and that means how big their bucket is, and the amount of load you put into that bucket is how much water you're putting into that tap. So if you have a bigger bucket, you can do more work before that muscle then gets overloaded, the water spills over the top, and that muscle reacts in some kind of um, you know spasming sort of way. So I think that's just a nice way of sort of thinking about things. And so basically, like if you um, you know overflow your bucket by uh, you know cha really drastically changing your behavior whether that's suddenly you've sat in the car for you know a eight hour drive and you didn't stand up all day which is quite different to what you usually do and that suddenly just mean the muscles that keep you in that position all day are going to be overloaded or it means you come back from holiday and you go into the gym and you try and go straight back to where you left off then you will be like overloading that system and the muscles will spasm up in response. And so people sort of then jump to be like, oh, I feel tight. And so therefore I'm just gonna stretch things out. But those muscles have tightened up for a reason. It's a protective mechanism to be like, hey, we've got to, you know, support it in the, the back is a really common one. Like, hey, we've got to support the spinal cord in the, you know, in the spinal canal and we don't want all this excessive movement and I can't handle controlling this movement anymore. So I'm gonna lock it down. I'm gonna make you feel like, make you really stiff because stiff is better than out of control and injured. So, yep. but then people are like, ah, oh, I've got to override this stiffness and start trying to stretch yeah. into like- Override the system, yeah, the system exactly. is wrong. And so, and then this this stretching load ends up, um, you know, 
being like it gives you kind of a immediate response of like movement can be nice on the body but it's not doing anything to address that capacity for work and that's yeah. where we've got to and, so it's, and it's not only is it is it not doing anything to address the capacity for work sometimes it's it's doing some yeah. major damage because if you do have you know tears in the in the um, tendons or the uh, muscle body then uh, by stretching it and opening them up you, you're doing real yeah exactly and it's important to understand like there's lots of different types of injuries and we'll kind of break it into the two things that i usually think about which is like active structures so your muscle and your tendons or your um, passive structures that's going to be bone injuries joint injuries so cartilage or um, joint capsule as well and so yeah it's really important to understand that like with the muscle so those active structure ones if you've got an acute tear and then suddenly you're trying to stretch it over it's very much like that um you know you wouldn't pull a cut open yeah. and then with passive joint structures it's often that the body has reached past its limit uh, with the muscles usually control and then one of the backup structures so the passive structures is sort of uh taken over uh, or you know try to do its job been overworked and then suddenly people are stretching to try and free up this joint but those <laughs> that yep. joint is no longer being very well controlled and so so just to, just to wind it back just to go back a step for everyone listening at home who might have not got phil's analogy before um what we're talking about here is load management and we're talking about the fact that making it very very clear that stretching is considered a load to the muscle systems and to the body in general and so when when you have a muscle that goes into some sort of a spasm or a reaction to excessive load which can literally come about if you're really un uh, under conditioned uh, it can come about by sitting in a chair. If you're sitting in a chair and you're slouching, then the, the body is going to be working to be trying to fight against the slouch or to, um, to hold you in a certain posture or, or whatever. And you can become excessively overloaded just by doing that. And then uh, adding stretching to that, which might feel good because it's relieving the tension or, or um, uh, you're pulling against the tension, it can be not good for you. It's, it, 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 it often is not what you need. You need, uh, I mean, we're gonna- I think it can be often like, I, with the first appointment that people come in and see me, I really try and give them a flare up strategy. So like, if you are in a lot of pain, here's what you can do that will make you feel a little bit better immediately. And so I think I usually, you know, a stretch might be a part of that as a flare up strategy, but it's not a long term strategy of actually building out your capacity so the muscle no longer spasms. So like if you obviously if you overstretch a injured muscle or if you overstretch an acute injury, that can be detrimental. But for most people who have just got like a little ache and pain, a little stretch can be a good flare up strategy, but it's not going to be the answer for like actually building out the capacity so you don't get this spasming again. So that's yep. a really kind of key thing I want to get across. Yeah, 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 and and yeah, it, it definitely does. It, it's, it, I think it's important that people understand that um, stretching is is uh, stretching and flexibility training is load, and yeah. you know you need to you need to manage load, especially in tendinopathy injuries, which I kind of wanted to touch on briefly, where that becomes even like especially apparent for tendinopathy issues, which I've talked about a lot before. And if you haven't heard me talk about tendinopathy, um, don't know how you missed it, but <laughs> we've done so many episodes <laughs> on it, um, but. The stretching as a load is particularly important for tendinopathy because tendinopathies are quite easily aggravated by compressive force. And often when you're stretching, what you're doing is you're taking your body through a you know full range of motion, which will often lead to, say, if I was going into a full, a full hamstring stretch, so I was had my pike, hips yeah. Um, yeah, like a pike position and going into that compressive stretch, um, yeah, a pike position, it means that my knees are straight and then my, um, my hip is being kind of maximally flexed. And so my hamstring is going to be 
on tension because my knee's straight, and now it's going to be going to that flex position, which means the attachment site for it is actually going to um, like press the because it crosses the hip joint is going to press that tendon into the bone and compress it, which is often really aggravating for someone who's got uh, a like insertional tendinopathy for a hamstring. And so people are like, oh, it feels like I've got this thing that you know this in, this tendinopathy up there, and like people's immediate response is like, oh, I just got to stretch it out because it's tight. But really, what you're doing there is mm. then you're compressing it more, you're which it is worse, aggravating yeah. it and doesn't yep. doesn't build up that strength. Whereas, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so so far, one key insight is. You know, if you uh, if you're injured and your mind is going, okay, I, I, I want to stretch it. It's very important that you get a little bit of guidance. Like, get, go and get a little bit of guidance. Get a diagnosis. Work with someone who sort of understands what they're what they're talking about. And um, in most cases, if we go back to the the title of this uh, this episode, uh, how to stretch if you're injured. I would dare say don't. <laughs> yeah, my advice to most people is that when they um, get injured and they say what stretches I should do, I, I my advice is at least for the first three days, don't do any stretching at all and see if it goes down. And then if it doesn't, you know, if you don't feel a dramatic improvement in the pain and, and reduction in inflammation in three days, then go and see someone. Yep. Yeah, and follow that. Professional um, opinion. Yeah, exactly. With that acute injury especially, um, like the... It used to be RICE as the acronym, but now it's at Peace and Love, which I've also talked about a few times here. And if you haven't seen that, have a look at it. But it's basically about um, protecting the area. And, and if, if you're stretching, you're going into end range for that joint, which is like not protecting it. <laughs> it's it's like pushing it to its, its sort of limits. So just keep that in mind. And I'll put a link to the um, Peace and Love thing just because I don't want to explain it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Got sweet. a couple of good questions here. Um, uh, Vinny Brown, uh, this is one that we've ad addressed a few times, but it's definitely important to address it uh, 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 forever because it's it's something that will prevent people from progressing. And um, I, I think uh, Rad can certainly answer this one. If a muscle cramp uh, cramps excessively, is there a danger of injury or do you just push through it? Uh, now, he's giving the example straddle compression lifts are doing this to me. We've spoken about the two different types of cramp, um, uh, something that we, we discussed um, in detail when Joachim was doing his flexibility workshop here. Why don't you jump on that our most one? popular podcast of all time. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, most listened to. Ooh, so there you go. If you haven't listened to um, it. Vinny, uh, harden up. Just <laughs> suck it up, mate. And I almost... I was almost fearful of passing the mic over to Rad for that because I was expecting that sort of answer. But no, look, there's there's two types of cramps. There's the cramps that um, are chronic and they, they come like, um, you know, it can be from going for a really long run and your, your body becomes... Um, Mineral, de depletion. mineral depleted, you know, um, the cramps that can that can be fixed when you have some um, some of those rehydrating salts or things like that or, or that will reduce in severity. Uh, and then there's the cramps that come on very, very quickly when you try and do straddle compression lifts. Uh, I don't say push through it, but I say don't worry about it. Do the best you can do. And when I get cramps like that, there's no real pushing through it for me. Like when my cramp gets bad enough, I go, ah, and I fall back. But then I just do another couple of reps. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about it a bit, and I think there's three types. I think there's a fatigue cramp. I think there's a dehydration electrolyte imbalance yeah. cramp. And then there's the 
like inner range muscle cramp yeah. and so i think we've kind of you know with the yoke i was talking about those ones that come on you know slowly I, I, yeah. like yeah. i've just really experienced on the weekend when i played three hours of volleyball and then into about three hours of surfing and i was getting to the point where i couldn't stand up like i was popping up and every muscle in my body would just cramp up and i'd like fall off and yeah. i was like i yeah. go home and and basically like it's not i don't think that's a hydration issue like i very heavily hydrate and it's but fatigue and, yeah, and, fatigue, and exactly what yeah. we're talking about yeah. with you know, muscle spasming, basically when they get overloaded, this was the ultimate version of that where yeah. I was just cooked and, you know, it's it's a fatigue cramp where you've got, like, you've lost the, like, ability to do work. You must like, I'm done here, yeah. cramping up. No amount of hydration could have got me out of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no amount of pushing so, through it will get yeah. you out of it either. Exactly. But but when it comes to the straddle fatigue. compression, you definitely can just push through yeah, and, and try and get an extra couple of reps. getting used to inner range yeah. movement. So your yeah. muscles, are sh- like, especially two joint muscles are shortened yep. um, over both joints and trying to do work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Com- you'll, know the, you'll know the difference because in, in the, in the um, new, joint movement cramp when you pull out of the movement it usually just disappears straight away but when you cramp in and i remember this when i used to play soccer or or rugby league when you've played a really hectic game and your muscles hit that point and you cramp you the only thing you can do is sort of try and stretch it out to fight against it because it's excruciatingly painful and, and you'll see players playing professional sport often when it's a game it, most common when the game goes into like extra time yeah. and they're out of subs and it's this like happened to me when I was I was a massage therapist with the Giants <laughs> and sports trainer and um, it was back early days of the Giants AFL club when basically there was a bunch of 18 year olds because they gave all the top draft picks to this team uh, playing against a, a established AFL teams who were you know hardened 27 year old men yeah. and they just got pumped by hundreds of points like game after game and so the defenders had to do a lot of a lot of work and one of the defenders ran off in like right towards the end of the game and he, it looked like the, the scene from Alien where the aliens like coming out yeah. of the stomach except it was his calf like it was yeah, probably yeah. mental and like yeah. nothing he could do would stop <laughs> it was just like this writhing mass in front of remember me remember that um, remember that footage of that um triathlete back in yeah. the 90s when he when he just he collapsed and his legs went to jelly yeah. when he was just before the finish line do you remember that yeah, yeah. remember that yeah, I saw, yeah, that yeah. came up on a um video i think it was that eurovision uh movie that it was in they, they, they did a little flashback right. to it they were talking about it i forgot how crazy that footage was but you see him and he's just he can't walk anymore and, yeah. he, and he falls to the ground and he tries to stand up yeah. and his legs just that's, go that's under different him, to cramping though yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think just, that's just complete <laughs> yeah, but, and utter yeah, um, yeah but and so know, lee Collins yeah. said, said here that hamstring curls out for me so that's exactly right when you're doing those inner range movements so you're yeah. trying to go into extension at the hip and flexion at the knee it's yep. working that inner it's range it's really common yeah. but it's 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 often about yeah. exposure to that stimulus will you'll get better at it yeah, absolutely yeah. And, and lee stretches are definitely useful to prevent spasms and, um, and pain it's that's a subjective it, i don't even know what the research says but subjectively it's the only thing that stops a, a bad calf spasm from like when most calf goes into spasm if i go straight into a calf stretch it's the yeah. only thing that pulls it out and so this is very important to think uh, understand here where this could be a really good flare-up strategy so when you're in a spasm can be a nice way of relieving it yeah. but if you can if you then think okay my rehab strategy is going to be yeah, stretch yeah. my calves every day you're not going to build yeah. up like strength and capacity and you know energy system efficiency so um and muscle fiber type adaptation to the activity you're doing and you you will continue to get those cramps yeah, so it's not yeah. a muscle length issue yeah and that's very important so let's i think let's finish up this show on that because um we've I prefaced sense. I, I, I seem maybe a bit jargony yeah. i'm trying to keep it as clear as i can but if you aren't understanding things please let me know yeah absolutely how to stretch if you're injured here's the thing um 
we've we've made it very clear that um, diagnosis is key because you need to um, you need to have a strategy and it needs to be a sound strategy because you can get it really wrong and if you have a muscle tear you can exacerbate that muscle tear by stretching it uh, if you have tendinopathy depending on the tendinopathy uh, uh, you can make it a lot worse um, by stretching it so in those instances, it is important to, to, to speak to someone who knows a bit more than you. Uh, a physiotherapist would be um, my preference. Um, for everyone else, when you're, you know, when you're sporting a little bit of an injury, we like to say avoid stretches and focus on strength work, focus on blood flow work, focus on, uh, you know, motion is lotion, keep it moving, keep the blood flowing. Yeah, and controlled movement. Yeah. And controlled movement. Yeah, obviously we, that's not a, p a moment when we go for overload. That's a move moment when we go for um, rehab, recovery. Um, uh, and uh, finally, the cure for um, like muscle cramping and the, and the sensation of feeling tight and feeling like you need to stretch is not necessarily always more stretching. It, you, the, the reason for that muscle overloading is weakness. It's not usually tightness, you know? And you know, nine times out of 10, when someone comes and complains that they always have back pain or they always have uh, uh, issues in their shoulders, you know, yeah, when you test them, there, there might be length tension issues there, but the, it's usually always that they don't have the load capacity for what they're asking that yeah. area of so the body to do. So in those instances, uh, stretching, decent flare-up strategy, but not the long-term Long strengthening or like rehab strategy. Yeah, the yep. long-term rehab strategy is usually always a combination of strength and flexibility development. And you'll often feel better if you do a little bit of isometric exercise on the muscle that feels tight. And so that can also be a good flare-up strategy. It's like if your hammies are feeling really tight, instead of stretching the hell out of them, um, do some you know static bridges and just like getting that muscle working a little bit can often just stimulate it into a, you know. Yeah, so isometric for those playing at home who don't know the muscle contractions well, isometric is a, a loaded muscle without movement. So it's, you're yeah. not doing a concentric or an eccentric movement. You're just loading the muscle still. Yeah. All awesome. right. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, I think this is a really important concept, and I'm glad that I've had the chance to talk about it. Yeah, so thanks, absolutely. Guys, guys we have uh, a big week planned. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about... Uh, how much you should stretch dosages. And this is really um, going to be uh, a big one for Rad because he's had a lot of breakthroughs recently by manipulating volume of stretching. And, and um, that's the volume within a workout and volume within a week, volume within a, um, a micro cycle, volume within a mesocycle. Uh, we're going to start talking about the adaptation process and how to best um, sort of tap in and hack that system. If I dare use the word. And then Friday, we're going to bring this in for a landing, talking about uh, the deload the and how a deload works. We, we are very big on um, our program periodization here at Unity Gym and in the uh, UMS, Unified Movement System. And a big part of that is the way that we ramp up. We have a peak week and then we deload and really focus on uh, the super compensation effect and making sure that we're getting the most out of the efforts that we put in, in the gym. And that's kind of obvious when you're strength training, uh, but it becomes less obvious when you are uh, stretching and when you're working for flexibility gains. And this came off the back of, this whole series really came off the back of some comments and questions that Vinnie Brown, who's on the show today, asked us over the last couple of weeks, uh, which highlighted that, yeah, there's uh, obviously some value that we can give you guys in discussing this stuff. 
Uh, and it also intertwines with my push to get Rad to do a version 2.0 of the um, the Mobility Masterclass, which is now going to be called the Flexibility Masterclass because we know a lot more than we used to know. And uh, it's a big, big moment, really, because we're, we're renaming the 18-minute uh, stretching routine the 18-minute mobility routine because it really is a mobility routine. And we kind of just called it stretching because stretching was more obvious when we launched it and uh we're now calling the 18 minute mobility routine the 18 minute stretching routine is that right no no, no, no sorry the, 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 the stretching it's the mobility masterclass the flexibility masterclass <laughs> yeah, we well the new one is the new one be called the flexibility yeah. masterclass because it's more accurate for what it actually is and uh if you've ever been if you like our stretching programs and you've ever wanted a reason to get excited about something you get excited about this one because i can tell you right now it shits on the current mobility masterclass Ooh, and and i tell you right now there was a huge gaff yesterday in, in filming we had we had two days two big days of filming planned yesterday and, and rad and richie did like three hours or two hours of it in the morning uh with the wrong settings on the mic and had to redo the whole day so sad. <laughs> oh, it was awful <laughs> but it'll be, it'll I be felt extra practiced and a little and part of my polished. a little part of my and you got to understand guys when 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 we when rad does these when we do these and produce these these programs you know rad has to warm up and has to go through the whole process of doing and demonstrating the exercise you can't just sort of walk out on the gym floor and and uh make it happen there's a whole process there yeah. so yeah my, my little part of my heart broke when the boys yeah. came in and realized that they'd stuffed up the audio <laughs> yeah well, hopefully yeah today was helpful and and for those you know Vinny asked questions that have basically you know started all of this so for anyone who does have questions for us we like answering them so yeah absolutely really, keep um, them coming through guys big shout out to everyone on the podcast we love seeing that thing take off we love the work phil's doing for us on that and uh big shout out to everyone tuning in on YouTube. See yep. you all soon. See you all tomorrow. Bye. Have a great day. Bye bye. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.